0: Sports have real hard free agency dates and even times and everybody gets super stoked and they stare at the clock and here it comes and Major League Baseball now just gets started the day after the World Series, at least in terms of negotiations, moves, roster clearing. And then, you know, within five days, you can start putting pen to paper. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. So have you heard that Shohei Otani will be available as a free agent? Look, you can get excited about free agency and it can be real. But you also have to kind of keep it real. I was looking yesterday at a list of the top available free agents, and and none of the names would surprise you. I mean, Otani is obviously, you know, number one with a rocket attached to it. But you get into some of the other names. Cody Bellinger is going to be somebody that people are going to be interested in. He's had an up and down and then back up career. Uh, You're going to see some pitchers make a lot of money. And you're going to see, as I've been sharing with you here for a while now, most of these players are going to be out of the Pirates' realistic range. And what does it mean when I say that? Okay, well, it can sound like, you know, oh, they're cheap, they won't pay for that. No, that's actually not what that means. This brings me back to when Jay Happ was lost by the Pirates following the 2015 season. The Pirates, of course, had just won 98 games, now, A.J. Burnett had retired, and Hap was being pursued by two teams above all. That was the Pirates and the Blue Jays. And at the time, I remember writing constantly that the Pirates had no chance to keep Hap, and it didn't really resonate with anybody, especially after 98 losses. But here's how this works, or here's how this worked in the Hap case. The Blue Jays were owned by Canada's largest phone company. Now, the process, what I just said there, a phone company, the largest one in a country, they have a limitless budget in every way. So when they make up their mind, as the Blue Jays did, that they want this player, all they do is tell the agent for that player, look, you're going to end up here. So whatever it is that Pittsburgh offers or any other team offers, we're going to top it by X amount. All right? So go right ahead and talk to the Pirates all you want. Let's keep jacking the price up and whatever else, and we're going to end up topping it. So everyone knew, fait accompli, that Hap was going to end up in Toronto unless you're one of those... Casual fans or peripheral fans that don't pay all that much attention to these sorts of things until they're completely consummated. Well, Hap ended up going to the Blue Jays. And I know for a fact from people inside the Pirates, who I trust, that the Pirates made a legitimately backbreaking offer to try to keep him. Didn't. That's how these things go. That's the real inequity that there is in baseball. If someone says, we want that player, and they've got the means to have that player, and the only team or teams that are attempting to bid against them are anywhere near the Pirates' revenue range, it's over. It's over before it even begins. So you can waste your time, if you're Ben Charrington, going after... One of these bigger name pitchers or a couple of them and making sure that the that the word pirates is linked to all of the various reports. You can do that, but they actually don't. There's a narrative that floats around everywhere this time of year that it's the pirates pushing out that they're after this guy. And oh, they'll fall just short. Oh, my. It's not true. Look, (laughs) I, I don't have a kind way to say this. So so hear it out as it is, they're not that sophisticated from the PR standpoint, all right? They're just not. They don't have some kind of PR weaponry in there where they can get something going on that scale, all right? Maybe you'll believe it when I put it that way, but they just don't. And I say that in a loving, respectful way to some of my friends in that operation. They ain't that good, all right? What you have here, realistically, is a situation where the Pirates should be pursuing pitchers who are more in the range of a uh, two-year, three-year contracts than the ones that are getting the, the monster ones, the fives, the sixes. And remember, for top-tier starting pitching, those are monster deals, okay? They're not even going to be in that stratosphere. But let me throw a name at you. Sonny Gray. Did you see the kind of season that Gray had? He actually pitched against the Pirates this season. Pitched really well up in uh, Minneapolis. He's 33 years old. He's going to be 34 next year. He is a classic case of a pitcher who gets a two-year deal. And a nice one. You know, a healthy one. I'm talking about something up in the 20 range. Coming off the year that he just had for the Twins. He would get something way up there. If you're the Pirates, I think you can, and I'm not trying to start a rumor here or anything. I've never heard anybody associated with the Pirates mention Gray or him connected to them in any way. So don't take this that way, please. If I have something to report, I'll actually just report it. But they could conceivably pursue a player like that and hope, and I'm really underlining that word hope, that no phone company comes in bidding against them. Or hope that no Mets or no Dodgers come in bidding against them. My guess is that they will and that Gray won't end up anywhere near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania unless he's playing in another uniform. But that's, to me, the highest you can go on that ladder. Now, does that mean that there are only a handful of pitchers worth pursuing? At the elite level, yeah, maybe. But there are other pitchers out there, and there are other ways to build depth while at the same time making sure that you're not blocking young pitchers who should be getting improved Today's J1Q comes from Paul. I really enjoy this one. I can't wait to read this to you. (laughs) DK, now that it's been a month since the end of the pirate season and no significant staff changes have been made, is it safe to assume Oscar Marine and Andy Haynes will be returning? Yeah, it is, Paul. It is. But man, you just lit up the baseball part of me by even throwing out the scenario that this team could improve. It's instruction uh its development its approach to both pitching and hitting it's a shame that they're not it's a shame that they're not Uh, i'm tough on these guys i get that i understand that to some it'll actually even probably sound personal or whatever uh, personal anything in either case i just don't think they're very good at their jobs and i think that the numbers the data The video, the overwhelming evidence, would support me on that. Once in a while, I'll see somebody suggest that, well, look at from the team standpoint, they scored a 100 more runs than they did last season. Okay, that's fine. That's good. But who got better? And that's when the conversation dies. It's the who got better part. The reason they scored a hundred more runs is that they, for the most part, they had players who were added to the lineup. You know, Andrew McCutcheon was a welcome addition to the lineup in more ways than one. Carlos Santana contributed. G Man Choi contributed. Did they get better? No, they were just who they were. Did the lineup get better by adding them? Yeah, a little bit. Not a ton, but a little bit. And there you go. There's your 100 runs. You know, I, I'm not getting super exact here on the breakdown, but I'll ask it again. Who got better? If you say Brian Hayes, you're going to get an argument from Key and his entire family because that's how strongly they feel that Key got his help from the outside. If you say, I don't know, Brian Reynolds, Reynolds was just who he is. He started off like a house on fire, went really quiet for about a month and a half, and then just kind of gradually climbed back into having a Reynolds-type season. He didn't get better. Did Jack Sawinski get better? A little bit at some stuff. And he ended up with more home runs by virtue of just having more plate appearances because he spent the whole season in the majors. Did he get better? I don't know. Which of the pitchers got better? Better yet, which of the pitchers didn't flat out regress? Mitch was Mitch. Johan Oviedo had a—I would say—a nice step forward as a pitcher. That would go into the positive mark, not dramatically so because he was inconsistent, but somewhat. And the rest, what happened? How is it okay that none of, you know, Luis Ortiz, Juanzi Contreras? Quinn Priester. Nobody, nobody, nobody got better. And and they're going to go into next season with the same thing in spite of all of this. So, yeah, they're coming back. (laughs) That's my answer. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates today and every day. And this is a reminder, this show doesn't stop. It'll be going all off season that's how we roll around here